Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff, and welcome to the ILB team with us tonight. We've got sound guy, Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. And producer, Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. And uh, happy 4th of July, guys. Happy 4th. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, kids, we're lucky enough to live in San Diego, California, America's finest city for craft beer. We love sharing great beers with you as well as telling stories. This particular podcast you're listening to is a milestone for us. It marks our first full year of podcasting. How about that? Congratulations. Good job. Congratulations, team. And this year we have released 61 episodes, covered 50 plus breweries, taken 13 field trips to favorite breweries, reached 30 countries, thousands of downloads, almost 500 following on Twitter, and a 1,008 Instagram followers. Congratulations. Oh, nice. Very nice. Those are impressive. Impressive numbers. Our thousandth with Beer Vassal, Chesapeake, Virginia. So, Beer Vassal, if you hear this, nice. Shoot me an email. I send him a message. Shoot me an email. We'll send you some swag. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah. So, thanks to everybody who has been uh, checking out or following us on on our. uh, social media platforms continue to do that. Pretty much all of them are I like beer, whatever. I like beer, the podcast. <laughs> I like beer, the talent. I like beer, the sound guy, you name it. Um, and then also make sure you check out our latest edition. It's a, about a month or so old, but uh, we have a website now. I like beer, the podcast.com. And it's a fantastic website. Looks really neat. And uh, we're looking to continue to grow that as well and uh, make that another area for us to kind of highlight what we're doing. Hey, Jeff, any word on how many beers we had tonight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, over the year. Oh, uh, over the year. year. <laughs> How many beers uh, we've had question. in a year? Well, you were throwing out all these stats, and I figured, you oh. know, you would be the man with the information. I'm not terrifically good at counting. Yeah, check your uh, untapped. <laughs> Especially yeah. counting. That's beer. not fair to sneak in a math question. <laughs> I'm going to go with my standard answer two. <laughs> How many beers do you have? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think a, few. It's a couple, a couple. <laughs> a couple. I mean, let's put it this way. You said 61 episodes. We've at least had one beer per episode. So it's going to be plus or minus 61. <laughs> Give or take a few hundred, maybe. Is that your final answer? Our early episodes, we were drinking seven or eight beers an episode. We, we quickly realized that half of the recording wasn't usable. Yes. So we cut it down to about four <laughs> per episode, but those right. early ones. Right. But then on field trips, with uh, some of the very nice brewers and owners that we met with, though that could be an awful lot on a field trip. And then just the night alone with Mike Lopez and Joel Manahan, just that night alone. <laughs> yeah. You know, pre, during podcast and post, that might have been 61 right there just on that particular night. <laughs> yeah, that was a good night. We did well. There's been a few beers. We'll just say that. Yeah. There's been a few beers. And what constitutes a beer? Because now that we're doing this virtually, I know I'm consuming whole beers and yeah we were used to to share you're right that's true it's it's complicated complicated it is complicated but the answer is 237 okay nice you you should have sold that because i was super impressed with your math right there so i was very good right there yeah i should have let it there for a minute but yeah so all right well we could spend the entire show doing math and patting ourselves on the back (laughs) Um, cause, uh, this is super exciting stuff for us, but, uh, let's reflect a little bit back on a year, talk about maybe what are some of them in our favorite moments from this previous year of podcasting, maybe a favorite show you've had. So Tom, you got anything you want to share? There's so many great moments, you know, it, it's, it's always hard to pick, you know, it's kind of like the episode we did on fatherhood. What's, what's one of your favorite moments? It's just too hard to pick. So you love all your children. Yeah. Equally. equally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That was in unison. So a few that pop into my mind, you know, the Stouts episode, the Porters episode, you know, those those are great. You know, any of the field trips, you know, Ale Smith, Coronado Brewing, um, Epic, Mother Earth. Oh, wait, I wasn't there for that one. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, we just talked about the Mike Lopez, Joel Manahan uh, party. 
that was a milestone moment for all of us. Uh, and I could definitely go with the Sierra Nevada episode in case you were wondering. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. But I- I'm going to go with the Mexico episode. Nice. Nice. I like that it. was a good one. That was definitely one of the ones where we thought eight or nine beers per podcast was appropriate. That was. Right. Well, that, that was part of the decision-making process right there, the yeah. quantity. Yeah. <laughs> Iterative learning, that's what that was. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I. you know, my best experience podcasting so far was the first time we Zoom podcast because I was dealing with COVID being actually in my house and I was pretty stressed out, you know, it was a, it was a tough tough moment in time. And I, something about zooming and just getting kind of out of the chaos of what I was living and seeing you guys on the screen and talking about beer was, uh, it was a really good moment for me. Oh. So that one, that's an easy one to land it. Wow. Yeah. It stands, it stands above, such a nice guy. stands <laughs> above the rest. Yeah. Very nice. I need a tissue. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that was a good moment. How about you, Jeff? Uh, stouts and stubbornness is probably my, my favorite. Uh, we just went on and on and on and ended up being a two-parter. Uh, I love the stouts and stubbornness. Told some good stories. And that, that with a fantasy football draft draft, uh, which we didn't know would work. We just decided we'd try it and we didn't know if it would work and it was, but it, it was fun. Yeah, that was a good one too. My favorite moment was when Rick Chapman of Coronado Brewing said I could come on his boat sometime. Yes, yes, that is true. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. Uh, yes. I was, yes. Still, still waiting to make that happen. Maybe year two. Yeah. Year two could be a big year. Yeah, so. the boat's not going anywhere. No. It's not. Talent, what about you? Uh, you know, I, I'll say this. It's been a lot of fun, I think, from just the the very beginning of just thinking, hey, could we even do this to, to, like I said, kind of that evolution to where we are now. And I, I feel like it's it's been a fun process for just working with you guys, you know, consistently on that and just watching different ideas and that kind of thing. You know, meeting Mike Lopez and Joel was awesome just because it was, oh, it, yeah. it's been something we talked about for years and years and years. So finally to have that happen, you know, Skip and Ping. I mean, come on, who can forget Skip and <laughs> oh, Ping? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. You know, I'm looking for those guys to maybe make a comeback this year. Hopefully yeah. that whole, the whole child thing will work out. Or I guess mm. you call him a child, baby penguin, whatever you call it, baby, baby penguin. penguin yeah. out. The first time Doc did beer, not a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I almost wet myself from laughing. <laughs> but at this point right now, I'll be honest with you, my, my favorite one probably to this date, um, just from a nostalgia, is, was the St. Patrick's Day one because I think that's the last one we did before crazy, shelter yeah. in place. So yeah. uh, that was the last time we were all sitting around a table together and the last time we got dinner from Kim. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but I, I like how we've evolved and we've managed we've managed to keep going throughout all that. And and I'm looking forward to getting back into the same room with you guys again and and able to do the podcast together. But uh it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, I it's uh, you know, it, it was like I said, take that little bit of an idea and and be able to run with it. And I think we've had a good time and and I think we've put some good content together. You look at the numbers, the numbers are beyond anything we had hoped for 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 a year one. So hopefully we'll continue to grow and people will continue to like what we're doing. So yeah, it's been been really cool. Remember, um, Skip and Pink, that you brought him up. It was uh, the Veterans Day episode. And we had Colonel Myers with us, and you start talking about Skip and Pink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look yeah. on Colonel Myers. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. What, the, what kind of podcast yeah. Yeah. going on here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who would know that they become some of our most famous characters? I have people ask me about them all the time when they see them. <laughs> go, hey, do you ever find out what happened to Skip and Pink? I'm, like, I'm still looking, guys. Sorry. Check it all the time. You got my skipping ping cam. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you to all the listeners, followers, brewers, brew tenders, marketing folks, special guests, and especially to those of you who have sent us beers representing your neck of the woods. That's pretty cool. But Dave uh, from Iowa was the first said, you're not covering beers from the Midwest. I'm sending you some. And he, he sent us a crap load of beers. Remember that? He sent us a ton he of beers. He did. A lot of beers. Max awesome. out in Rhode Island and, and others um, have followed. So, Thank you. Please keep listening. Keep sharing our little podcast and happy birthday, America. Uh, We still are going through some growing pains, aren't we? Yep. Yep. Yes, we are. And keep sending beer. Keep sending beer. sending beer. (laughs) Yeah. We need to add to that total, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have returned to sheltering in place uh, or with beer in place in San Diego for the most part. Um, And I guess we've kind of learned to make the most of it right now. So, you know, at that point, right, you know, things seem to be going fairly well except all the negative for us i know yesterday or the day before they they shut back down the breweries and the bars and the wineries uh so i'm assuming that uh, unless they're serving food so we kind of took a couple steps back so um hopefully people can uh 
start getting their acts together and wear a mask, wear a mask. Um, yeah. and, and let us get us back going where we need to be. I saw that tweet. I, I retweeted it yeah. and I couldn't remember. I don't remember who said it, but I saw it as I was scrolling through one of our listeners or someone we're following on, on Twitter that said, you know, a mask is not a political statement. It's an IQ test. Right. I love that. Oh, that's so true. I saw that one when you sent it. Yeah. Just wear your mask and let's get through the thing. Yeah. I saw the same, like same and people, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to say this is my idea because people are much smarter than me, but the guy that he was talking about, you know, would you not wear a seatbelt? You know, think about that. I mean, we, all of us grew up at the time when seatbelts first came out, you know, and you could, didn't have to wear them. And then now you started wearing, but nowadays it's like, it. would you not wear a seatbelt? You know, would you not, uh, you know, wear a, you know, wear a helmet when you're, you know, riding, uh, I guess some people don't, but wear a helmet when you're riding a motorcycle or, you know, a bike or those types of, those are, they're all equipment that's there just in case, right? It's, it's so it, wear it, 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 it protects you, but more importantly, it protects everyone else and will help us get through this. All right. There's our plea for the day. <laughs> there's our plea. Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. it. Enough said. Let's get on to the fun. Yeah. Stuff. So back to, so since we're back to shelter with beer in place, beer deliveries are a big part of that. And today's beers, we haven't even talked about what we're drinking yet. Oh, and I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Today's beer come courtesy of Carly Minacho of Hen House Brewing in Santa Rosa, California. They shipped us a case of beers, so we should have three beers to enjoy while celebrating. Talent, you were the first of us to visit Hen House. Can you tell us a little bit about their facility? And Tom's been to one of the facilities as well, I believe. So Hen House is up in in Sonoma County, um, and I think I've been to one location. Tom's been to the other location and I kind of uh, stumbled on it actually by accident. It was kind of interesting. Be- well, I think what was interesting is I was at Russian River and I was talking to some guys there and they were saying, what, you know, what other breweries are you going to get to? And I said, well, I really don't have much time to get to breweries because I'm here with a bunch of people going to wineries. I was able to sneak Russian River. I said, I might be able to get one more in. And they did mention Hen House. They said, hey, have you have checked out Hen House? And, that, and so I kind of filed that in the back of my mind. And uh, we ended up, we went down to Lagunitas in Petaluma. And if you haven't been to Lagunitas, uh, it's a really neat venue. I mean, it's a it's a big, big venue. I mean, it's the night we were there. They had live music. They have this huge outdoor eating area. They have it's, it's just a massive, massive uh, facility. And so we were walking. We, we were leaving it and look, look across the street. And I'm like, wait, there's Hen House. And it's li- right across the highway or right across the street. So we go, well, we might as well get one more brewery in while we're here. So walked across. And, you know, Hen House is much more, I think, what we're used to when we go to a brewery. It's much more, you know, it's has that little small mellower vibe and feel to it and so it's very cool went in there and and um they were super friendly super helpful and and i one of the things that stuck out with me about that visit was the fact that they you know i put in we just did a a flight of of tasters there and uh the person there that was you know the bartender actually walked them out to the table and then walked us through each of the beers which i thought was really cool you know that they took that much time and and knowledge was was great about the beers and how they were made and and all that kind of stuff but it was really kind of fun as opposed to us you know trying to read it on a board or you know just even figure it out on our own for her to kind of walk it through first and then we were able to go through and can kind of compare what we what, how we tasted it with what she said and uh, all our beers were, were very tasty um, well made uh, you could tell that the quality is that is very important to them you know the beers that they're producing and so uh, i think it's evidence here in the first first beer we're having so that that was the the petaluma palace of barrels should be called the coop it, yeah, it should be called the Coop. I like that. The Petaluma Coop. Yeah, a.k.a. the Coop. I like the Coop better. That could be maybe their next location. Right. And Tom, you were, went to the Santa Rosa location? Yeah, I had the opportunity to get up there. Um, unfortunately, it was when everything was shut down, so it was only, you know, grab and go. But, you know, I called ahead and I talked to a very knowledgeable guy, a la the same lines of what Talent was talking about, a gentleman by the name of Steve. You know, I was asking him about some of the beers and whatnot. And he was, you know, kind enough to, to walk me through almost every single beer on the menu there and tell me, you know, not just the name, but some of the different hops, the different tropical tastes to it and things of that nature. And I had kind of had my mindset on a couple of beers based upon what I looked at on the website. But as he was talking through him, I'm going, wow, that sounds good. Wow, that sounds good. So I actually changed my order over the phone, <laughs> you know, from what I had originally told him based upon, you know, some of some of his uh, descriptions. So, again, I think it goes back to what Jeff was saying. You know, these guys are all about service and it was very much appreciated. So then when I got there to the, the facility, again, we, unfortunately, it was we were on grab and go. 
but the two gentlemen who were there, you know, were really kind, really nice. Uh, had a great conversation with him for a couple of minutes there. Uh, talked about the podcast. Uh, the gentleman who was there, I think his name was Dave. He was employee number five. And it looked like a really nice venue. They had an outdoor area. They had an indoor area up in the Santa Rosa location. And it looked like it would have been a fun venue uh, to hang out with. Um, so hopefully next time, you know, I'm up there or we're up there, we get a chance. So absolutely. Uh, so hats off to Hen House. Yeah. Yeah. And they also have fantastic can art. So check out our Instagram. I like beer, the podcast to check out the, the really cool can art. They do. Yeah. I, this one, yeah. this one's great. This first beer we're going to try is their pale ale stoked. It's a single hop pale ale and they change the hop from time to time. What we have with us right now is that they sent us is the Citra. I had the Centennial. Uh, Tom brought me back the Centennial a couple weeks ago, but this is the Citra. So you've been, I think you've all been drinking it already. So I see some half empty glasses. It's got the, it almost looks like grapefruit and that hazy. Yeah. Yep. Very yeah. light. Yeah. It's very light. It's very light tropical color. Thoughts on stoked with citra? A bit murky though. It is murky. Yeah. I, I like the tropical taste in it. And, and it's almost it's almost crushable in my mind as well. Almost. Yeah, it's well, I'd say, yeah, it's very um it's very refreshing because I think that and is that that's the citro. It's the the kind kind of those grapefruit notes and the citrus notes in it. It isn't a heavy it doesn't taste heavy, you know, it doesn't finish heavy. It's uh, it's very. I, I like it a lot. It's actually really, really good beer. Good one to start with here. It's a lot less hoppy bitterness than the uh, Centennial Hops version of the Stoked. I, I like it better than. Is, yeah, I like the. Yeah. I had that one last podcast, so I'm on record as having enjoyed it. I like this one even better. Right. Yeah, it's a four for me. This is a four two five for me. If, if we'll listen. Oh, four two five. Uh oh. I already put it in as a four two five. So well done. I did four zero. I think I did four zero. Yep, I did 4-0. All right. Tom, where'd you land with this? Tom, where you at? Uh, I think, uh, hey, Willie, you awake over there? <laughs> What's it hit your lips? It's so good. <laughs> nice. nice job. He hasn't been around for a while, so that's good no. work for him. Yeah, yeah, good work for him. Well, this is one of the first times we were all tasting the same beer in a while. Right. Yeah, so that's true. This is kind of nice. This is true. In all honesty, Will Ferrell sent me a complaint. I'm not making that up for the podcast. Yeah. But you know what? I, I come. I we're not making order. the most use of his talent. Yeah. I, I let me do something. Yeah. Anything. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> well this is stoked with Citra from Hen House, and it's quite good. Highly recommend it. And while we still have a beer in our hand because they're getting close to empty, let's get to our toast, roast, and pour one out. Tom, you have a toast to start us with today. What? I know, right? I'm usually, you know, the guy bringing up the, the tail end of this thing. Well, I see that you're listed to bring something up at the end, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before you get too chipper. I'm getting, I'm getting my tissues now, so I'll be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Fans, while Tom prepares his toast, go get your tissues for his pours. <laughs> now, what do, you have, what do you have for a toast? Well, I'd like to toast a very special person. Well, thank you. Oh, this, thanks, this, this feels good. It's a feel-good moment for me, too, Tom. Yeah, yeah, it does feel good. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a feel good one, guys. So, you know, okay. So, I've had the honor and privilege of knowing this person for over half my life. Uh, and I'm truly humbled every day at how generally kind and caring this person is. Uh, this week is a very special week for this person as this person celebrates a milestone in her life. For you see, guys, she's been putting up with me as her husband for 25 years. Oh, wow. my gosh. That's a long time. Yes, it was 25 years ago this week that my beautiful wife, Tina, said, I do. And we started this wonderful life we have shared together, adding our two kids along the way. Besides marrying up in age, I more importantly married up in class. And I've been blessed ever since to have this amazing and wonderful person as my rock, as my best friend, and most importantly, as my wife. So here's to you, Tina. You're my peace of mind in this crazy world. You'll always be beautiful in my eyes. Happy 25th anniversary. Love you. Cheers. Wow. Cheers. Cheers. That's a big one. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, congratulations to both of you. Thank you. 
We also celebrated 25th uh, wedding anniversary, and that's why uh, originally I wasn't available for the podcast, and I'm supposed to be flying home from Paris today. Yes. But I'm here with you instead. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's what my wife got. Commitment. Cheers to you. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to be going to Hawaii, so I feel your pain. <laughs> Talent, you've got a toast for us? Yeah, I don't know how I follow that right there. So I'm going to just, yeah, you know, I'm, tough. Tough. I'm just trying to stay really above board. You can't. You can't. So just give us what you got. Yeah. I'll give you what I got. Well, so first things first, I know given the time of the year, beginning of July, July 4th, America's birthday is fantastic. But a couple of days before then, huge shout out right now to Canada. Uh, tomorrow is Canada Day. <laughs> and as three quarters of my house are Canadian, yeah. uh, I feel I, as the lone non-Canadian here, I'm going to give a yeah. big shout out to Canada because I'm a big fan Smart. of Canada and all things Canadian. Uh, so happy Canada Day for those that celebrate it. And to all our Canadian listeners, uh, enjoy tomorrow. Have a kokanee on me. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's my first toast. And my second toast, this actually, for the first time, I actually found something and a reason now why I would go back to school. Oh, oh. So, you know, school, I, I love school, but I love school much more as a teacher than as the student. But this one, I, I would go back for this advanced degree. So found this out. And basically, a Japanese man, he has become the first person in the world to hold a master's degree in ninja studies. <gasps> nice. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Didn't know it was possible. But this guy completed a two-year graduate course studying the history, traditions, and fighting techniques of ninjas at Japan's Mi University. Um, and so he, while he was there, he learned traditional fighting style, survival skills. Think they, they had to learn things like, you know, basic martial arts, but also how to traverse a mountainous area while remaining undetected. All kinds of ninja skills. Yes. Masters in ninja. He's actually the first uh, graduate ninja in the world, uh, which is pretty impressive and gives hope to all of us that, you know, one day would like to pursue ninja, ninja training. Ninja um, yeah, ninja studies. And they talked to him and now his plans, his next plans, he's actually going to pursue a, a doctoral degree in ninja studies. So he will be the first doctor ninja probably in a couple more years. So I saw that. I was like, wow, guys, yeah. here's to you. <laughs> and here's to uh, me university for finally putting a degree out there that all of us can use. Yeah. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And talent, you can be the first doctor of ninja. I think you need okay. to get ahead of this. You gotta get I, I'm going to have to get ahead of this. I'm going to have to see if I can get this online course going uh, yeah. and uh, and really speed this along. Hey, I'll put together the online course. You take it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe I can double up on my uh, coursework. Just, you know, double my skills each month. Yeah. 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 Beat this guy. Beat this guy. Yeah. All right. Dreams do come true. Heading over to Rose. What'd you line up for Rose this week, talent? I do have the roast. I've got two roasts. So, you know, my first roast is just people in general. <laughs> people right now Fair. in the United States Fair. need to just take a deep breath and, yeah. and get some perspective on things. I also, the other thing, just as a disclaimer right now, I'm just going to put it out there. I, I would figure everyone would know this by now, but whatever you do, it will get filmed and it will get put on social media. I'm just going to, you know, newsflash, right, newsflash. Right, right. Unless you're a ninja. Unless you're a right? ninja, and that's one of the right. reasons why I'm going for the right. ninja studies. Yes, uh, that's a good call. That actually might be my first class I take: is how to not get filmed and put on yes. social media. <laughs> yes. Ninja 101. Yes. Um, but anyways, you know, from people losing it in stores, you know, throwing stuff around, to people pointing guns at peaceful protesters. I even saw one yesterday that there was a brawl in an Arkansas steakhouse because people got upset over social distancing, and so they started to brawl. So they threw everything <laughs> out, and they had a fight. They, then they got arrested and everything else. Right. But my favorite one, this was my favorite one I saw. So I just have to bring this up because this one is truly amazing. And then like talk about getting some perspective. But there was a man in Texas who had a meltdown after the restaurant uh, that they were in could not get shredded cheese for his wife's fajitas. Yeah, that's fair. So I don't know if you guys saw that one, but basically this guy took to Twitter to complain about the services in this Mexican restaurant. And he complained that they'd asked four different people for the shredded cheese and had been waiting 18 minutes for an answer. What? And he says oh, it was you know what? I was 18 whole minutes. I was against this guy until he added 18 minutes. By 18 minutes, they could have, yeah, they yeah. Could have made that cheese and shredded it. Yeah, for him that makes because sense. No American. <laughs> that is very true. Have to wait that ridiculous should have to wait that long. time for their shredded cheese. I maybe you're changing my mind on this, but here's the part that's the funny part is because basically he said it was especially terrible because it's the only way his wife can eat fajitas. So she just oh, left him there and she's starving. Right. The lady's starving. Boom. She's got a full plate of Probably fajitas in front of her. She, oh. she can't, she can't eat them because yeah. of cheese on it. I have a visual picture of both people and neither one is starving. 
<laughs> no, no, they were definitely were not starving. Let's just say that they were not starving, oh. but they were starving that night. And then yeah. he proceeded to go on and just rip the, the the restaurant, you know, and and talked about how they can stop blaming coronavirus for crappy service and all this kind of stuff. And you know, the good news is is when something like this comes up, people kind of tear them apart on Twitter, and it's kind of funny sometimes to read some of the response and everything else. Uh, but I think again, step back for a moment and and some perspective, and think about those people that are actually working in the restaurant that are putting their lives at risk so that you can come in and order fajitas. Um, and here you're going to complain and everything else because you didn't get shredded cheese. Yeah, but they're putting themselves at risk for nothing if there's no shredded cheese. Yeah, but 18 minutes. Exactly. 18 minutes, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, that was just the latest. And I'm sure, you know, you'll look on tomorrow and there'll be a bunch more. It's just, it is amazing. And like I said, I hope you would hope people just, again, take a deep breath, step back and, and uh, you know, we're, we are all in this together. And <laughs> again, you're being filmed. Take a moment. You're being right. filmed. To list out the things we could fret over right now. The things that are yeah, and yeah. put them, we have a little saying in our house is a heart attack or a stub toe <laughs> shredded cheese. Where's that landing on there? Yeah, we right. have a pandemic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's start with that. Yeah. I won't list the yeah. hundreds, hundred thousand plus people die yeah. and I can't get my shredded cheese. So, but, but guys, 18 minutes. But that, I mean, it, I, you're right. I keep going back to 18 minutes. It's hard to get past that. That's where it yeah. becomes yes. it, where everything yes. flips. It, it totally turns where I'm like, I'm on your Right, path. right, right. Right. Yeah. Because I thought you were sanctioning average shredded cheese for two minutes. I'm like, two minutes. You've got to be a little more patient. Yeah. No, it was 18 minutes. Yeah. It no, was. No, or no. even 12 minutes. I mean, you know, but yeah, yeah. 18. Whew. That tough. is tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm going to toast them for <laughs> waiting 15 minutes without responding, right? <laughs> that, that is very true. I didn't even think about that. That is right. a good call. Uh, they have the patience. Whole minutes, they just were We almost should toast guys. them. Thank you for your I, service I, for waiting. You waited right, until 15, 18 minutes. Right. right. Yeah, and then 16, 17, yeah. stacked up. And yeah, at 18, you blow. Yeah. That's, a, that's true. So anyways, that's my first roast. And my yeah, second roast, one. this one, this one, I'm really sad. Actually, the doc isn't here because this is really more for him. But uh, you read these things and you just go, I can't believe this happens anywhere. But anyway, turn off my filter and give the doc response. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, so this there's a man from San Francisco who recently filed a lawsuit against uh, Twitch. So I don't know if you guys are aware of what Twitch is. I just learned about it actually this week because I keep hearing Twitch. And so I asked my son, I said, what's Twitch? And basically it's a, it's a video platform. It's used heavily by gamers, uh, you know, and to kind of stream themselves, their content and playing games and everything else. But it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's become a, it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. Um, and so this guy, he's a gamer uh, and a self-proclaimed uh, sex addict. Um, and he's suing the video platform Twitch because he says it has too many scantily clad female gamers mm. and it gets him very horny and it has resulted in him injuring his penis. Oh, geez. Yeah. So it's terrible. So this guy has taken the time. I retract to- my earlier comment. <laughs> I'm not going to play the role. <laughs> but it started okay. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About this uh, anyways, he's cycle. Yes. Yeah, so, well. Uh, this guy is seeking $25 million in That's damages fair. from That's Amazon because Amazon owns the company Twitch uh, because he's saying, hey, I have little, not I, he, I'm using he, right. he has little <laughs> control. Yeah, He has little control over his addiction and that Twitch should bear some responsibility for his addiction. Uh, so according to the complaint that he filed, the lawsuit he filed, he says the many sexually suggested women streamers on Twitch make it nearly impossible for the plaintiff to use Twitch without being exposed to such sexually suggestive content. As a result, he ends up chafing his penis every day oh and has God. suffered redness and mild no. infection. No. He also no. says that he's using an antibiotic ointment to avoid necrosis of the penis. So right, no more of this story. I'm gonna roast that guy because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm basically just saying, Uncle. dude, stop looking at Twitch. It's pretty simple. Right. Just it's pretty say simple. no. Just say just no. So there no. you go. So those are my two roasts. Uh people in America right now. I don't know what to say about them. Those are good, Rose. You know, can he make 15 minutes? Because maybe if he stops at 15 (laughs) minutes. 18 minutes. 18 is the number, I think. I'm I'm running away from Rose. Sorry about that, guys. Anything else? (laughs) That's it. That's all I got. That's it. I'm done. All right. Jeff, we need to hear your uh, Todd response to that. Come on. You've got one. I bold claim that I would turn off my filter and and say whatever the doctor would say, and I'm not. I'm not. 
Jeff, come on, Jeff. We can see it simmering. We can see yeah, it through Zoom. I simmering. really love my day. I feel I, we should move on I, to pores. I think enough said think, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Enough said. I we'll think, see how the I, lawsuit. I'll follow the lawsuit. I'll see how the lawsuit goes. I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw it out yeah. there. I think Todd would go to lubricants. You know, possible <laughs> solutions to the problem. There's a problem. I think he'd have an assortment of interesting offers yeah, for that. Medical yeah. medical advice. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think he could handle it. But anyways, all right. All right. Move on. Going to pour one and actually this started as a toast then i realized this is ridiculous why am i toasting this this should be a roast and then i just decided to stick and pour one out but my i thought as a toast to the governor of mississippi for finally getting rid of that god-awful confederate flag on their state flag and then i realized dude this has taken 155 years to take away a symbol of racist traitors who betrayed America. You don't get a toast for that. So then I thought, let's put it in roasts. And then I just decided, let's let's pour one out and good riddance. Get the hell out of here. The Mississippi state flag with the Confederate flag on it. You can go bye-bye. Yep. I saw the governor sign that today. So there you go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, 2020. And we're saying goodbye to that. Wow. That that's just yeah. incredible. Way too and long. terrifically sad that it took so long, but it's gone. There you go. And that's it for poor one out. Or Tom, you've got something for it. Nice. Yeah, Tom, what do oh! you got? Oh, well, I'm sad to say, guys. <laughs> no irony there. Uh, I did read the obituaries. Oh, and it's been a sad couple weeks in Hollywood. First off, author Charles Webb died on June 16th at the age of 81. So for those of you who know, don't know who Charles Webb is, he was the author of The Graduate, a novel he had written shortly after college, and it was based largely on his relationship with his wife, Eva Rudd. Well, that novel was later made into a, the era-defining film, cue the Simon and Garfunkel music here, boys, Mrs. Robinson. It was directed by Michael Nichols and starring Dustin Hoffman and Anne Bancroft that gave voice to the generation of youthful rejection of materialism. Webb and his wife, both born into privilege, carried that rejection well beyond their youth, choosing to live in poverty and giving away whatever money came their way, even as the movie's acclaim continued to follow them. His later works included a few novels, including The Marriage of a Young Stockbroker and New Cardiff, which was later made into a romantic comedy entitled Hope Springs. But he continued to claim no interest in wealth or materialism, donating everything that he earned to charities and the like. He's survived by his two sons, David and John. So cuckoo-cuckoo, Mrs. Robinson. And then uh, Hollywood is also saying goodbye to a legend, Carl Reiner, creator of The Dick Van Dyke Show and the acclaimed comedian, actor, director, screenwriter, producer. He died Monday night, June 29th of natural causes in his Beverly Hills home. He was 98. Well, that's a good life. Nice. Yeah. That's a great life. His career spanned seven decades, including the aforementioned creator of the Dick Van Dyke Show, writing and acting with Mel Brooks in The 2,000-Year-Old Man. He was the director of Where's Papa? Oh, God. Steve Martin's The Jerk. He acted on The Sid Caesar Show in the movies It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Also in The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, and the, the uh, more recently The Ocean's Trilogy. The guy won too many awards to, to list off here, uh, but his biggest prize, he said, was his family. He and Estelle Reiner were married for almost 65 years. Wow. Nice. I got a ways to go, You guys. got some work, Tom. Got some I work, got Tom. Some Tom. Work Tom. Me. Focus. But check this out. At the time of their marriage, Reiner was 21. She was 29. So I'm not the only one wow. who married up. He, he had actually, he said, I married up in age and class. So, wow. I, oh. Yeah. Who said that first? <laughs> yes. I, I, I think he has you. a few years. No, I didn't actually. Okay. <laughs> and comically, Estelle also delivered the famous line, I'll have what she's having in the deli scene of their son Rob's 1989 film, When Harry Met Sally. You guys all remember that classic one. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, his children followed him into the arts. Son Rob Reiner, who we all know, daughter Anne Reiner, who's a poet, playwright, and author, and son Lucas Reiner is a painter, actor, and director. And what does he owe to his longevity? For one thing, he kept his priorities right. Quoted, he was said to first thing in the morning before I have coffee, I read the obits. <laughs> if I'm not in it, I'll have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> 
of course, many celebrities have been sharing their regards for him uh, all across social media, uh, including Jason Alexander, who wrote, Carl Reiner was a comedy genius. Often that genius made other funny people even funnier. But give him a stage and he could spin laughter out of any moment. I watched it do it time and time again. His contributions to comedy are eternal. But more importantly, he was a lovely man. So cheers to Charles Webb and cheers to Carl Reiner. Rest in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toast Roast. Pour one out. We need a new beer, though. Yeah, that was thirsty work. Indeed. That was thirsty work. We have another one from Hen House. Thanks to Carly over there at, at Hen House, we have Frozen Envelope, which I think I heard someone open. Boom. I think I. Oh, I'm sorry. That was me. Oh, oh here you go. Yeah, I was trying to mask the tears from all of the people yeah, that have passed away this tough. week. So I thought I could do that behind the crack of a can. Did it sound something like this, Jeff? It did. It did. A little frozen envelope. Yeah. I couldn't wait 18 minutes, guys. I couldn't wait yeah. 18 minutes for this thing. <laughs> the goal is 15. I think that's yeah. A, that. Yeah, but neither <laughs> neither were successful. So I uh, just finished uh, uh, the autobiography by Norman Lear. Uh, even this, I get to experience. And of course, Carl Reiner was a, a close dear friend of his, and they shared a lot of their career. And he tells a, a bunch of fantastic Carl Reiner stories. So if you're into that sort of thing, Norman Lear's, even this, I get to experience. So thank you, Tom. And beer number two, Frozen Envelope by Hen House, which if anybody can see the little story on the side, it, it they not only have great can art, they just have a terrific sense of humor. Although it's not terrific for people of my age to try to read the, how small the, the writing is there, but they do a whole thing yeah, about yeah, the 1985 yeah. uh, NBA yeah. draft with Patrick Ewing and stacking the draft for the, oh yeah how they yeah that they froze up so they know which one to pick out yeah of the, yeah the, the whole thing that's funny so that's where the name comes from so that's kind of cool that is cool this is an ipa with athenum and idaho seven hops uh it's tasty it's very smooth i like it yeah similar color it's not super bitter a little more gold than stoked yeah a little more gold yeah it's not as clear it's definitely it's also a murky it's very murky. It has a foamy head, like a, almost like a meringue. I like it though. It's not. It, I don't think it's. It's not overwhelming in terms of like the bitterness isn't super overwhelming. It's got a very smooth finish. It's really smooth, isn't it? Much more smooth. It's very clean than I would expect from a normal IP. And it has that. You know, some of the hops have a almost like a peppery uh, note to them, which I really like. Yeah, definitely in there. It has that which is something I really like in an IPA, something that's balanced and smooth instead of kind of bitter and sharp. And then has that little, just little notes of the, the pepper bites you at the end. Well, that's another really good beer. What do you think of it, Joe? Yeah, I like it a lot. I was thinking citra hops, but I'm way off on that. <laughs> it does have a bit of a, like a, a like that, but it feels a little bit a, fruity. Yeah. Fruit. Yeah. Yeah. But not actually no, nowhere near as strong as the the stoked. The stoked, yeah, I would agree. And I think it's a it's a six plus percent. So you know, drinking water. Yeah, nothing pretty much. Yeah, bothers yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> not, it's not boozy at all because sometimes yeah. you push six or seven. If it's not well crafted, it does have that that kind of booziness. But not in this, not at all. Yeah, I, I would have thought if you That's just good. if you just lined them up in tasters, I would have thought the stoked had more alcohol in it than the. Uh, frozen envelope i agree with you i agree back to fourth of july beer as an essential part of the american story was covered extensively a year ago on our fourth of july episode and talent did extensive research it was a lot of fun to do that research and share it with you so if you want to know all about beer in early america check out last year's episode which will probably be remastered and re-released the way things are going so yeah Talent and I just kept up with the research. And so we have a few things to add about America the Brutiful. Nice. And so here we go. The Smithsonian National Museum of American History has on staff a brewing historian because, and I'm going to quote the Smithsonian here, the story of beer is the story of America. True. And that goes well beyond brewing, beer, and drinking 
story about immigration, culture, transportation, and entertainment. No truer words were ever spoken. That should be a bumper sticker or a shirt yeah. or something. The story yeah. of beer is the story of America. Yeah, for sure. It's very true. Words to live by, really. Get it on ilikebeerthepodcast.com. Yes. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow. There <laughs> you go. So, uh, Do you guys know that Native Americans, uh, specifically the Pueblos of the New Mexico region, were brewing beer in the 13th century, 300 years before the Spanish arrived with their own beers? So that's pretty impressive. European immigrants opened the first public house brewery in Virginia, 1612. And as we mentioned last year, the Pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock, that was due to them running out of beer on the uh, the Mayflower. Makes sense. Priorities. I had to make a beer run. Yeah. That's why I stopped most places. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I just learned this one yesterday when I was doing some research. Paul Revere had a couple of drinks before heading out on his legendary ride. That makes sense too. Yeah. 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 There was no question there. <laughs> the British are coming. The British are. Oh my gosh. And uh, did you guys know that Thomas Jefferson uh, wrote the Declaration of Independence in a tavern while he was drinking some porter? I did because I listened to last year's episode. But I thought that was irresistible. That had to be in there again. John Hancock, first to sign the Declaration of Independence, was an alcohol dealer. Makes sense. George Washington, who loved Mr. Hare's Porter, also loved whiskey, and he had the largest distillery in the country, producing over 11,000 gallons. I have seen it. It's pretty cool. Martha Washington routinely started daily happy hour at, any guesses what time? Breakfast? Noon? 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Hey, that seems late. 3 p.m. Oh, that leads it to that song. It's three o'clock somewhere. Wasn't that that yeah. back then? That was like, <laughs> almost became the national anthem. It's three o'clock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. It's good nice. to be on the West Coast because, yes. yeah, I mean, that's noon here. Yeah. That's true. Right. right. A beer o'clock, I think, is what they call that. James Madison proposed a national brewery so that all Americans could get reliable quality beer. Whatever happened to that? That yeah. is something I think everyone could get behind. Talk about you want to talk about something that could unify the country right now? Democratize. That is an idea. Yes. That is an idea that could unify this entire country. Yes. Or that was to, to to get rid of British imports, you know, to free us up from the imported beer. True. Yeah. yeah. But also because some of the home brewing product wasn't so good. So he said, we need to have, Americans need good beer. Yeah, it's true. We need a beer quality. President Martin Van Buren, born in his parents' tavern, right, right on the bar, right <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> that's good yeah I made that part up but I didn't make up that he was born in his parents temple. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not true could have been that's not, not it true. does not allegedly that's yeah. what you say he started life drinking well do you know that uh, well before he entered into presidential politics Abraham Lincoln held a liquor license and he distributed whiskey to supplement his income kind of see a theme there yeah go Abe our early presidents there Speaking of Lincoln, when he found out that Grant was drinking while leading the Union troops, Lincoln is quoted as saying, find out the name of the brand so I can give it to all my other generals. Brilliant. <laughs> nice. nice. Very good. Liquid courage. And then the enormous flux of German immigrants arriving in the late 1800s introduced the lighter, crispier, colder lager style to America. In the late 1980s, the Texas town of Lajitas elected a beer-drinking goat named Henry Clay as their mayor. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, well. And he was killed by his son, and I did not get the rest of that story. I'm looking that up tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely go. needs more research. That, that yeah. sounds like something we should investigate. What happened to Henry Clay? Yeah, that's good. We need that. We need that. And you guys know that uh, President Barack Obama was the first president to have beer brewed in the White House? Amazing. And the last one to speak in complete sentences. That is true. <laughs> uh, he brewed a honey porter and a lighter honey ale. And uh, the recipes you can get are and are available thanks to the Freedom of Information Act. It wasn't until 2015 that the number of breweries in the United States surpassed the number of breweries pre-prohibition. 4,847 was that number. Wow. So that's pretty crazy if you think about it. So 2015, we surpassed that number, 4,847. And currently, so five years later, we have over 8,300 breweries in the United States. So it's uh, been a busy five years. 
I'll say. Let's hope they they hang in there. That's pre-COVID, though. Yeah. Yeah, We'll see where we are after 2020. Right. Right. Yeah. I like beer, the brewery. It's coming. Uh, Doing all that brewing, hang in there. And keep buying local, supporting local. But let's, we certainly are doing our part to keep them in business. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I think when you think about what you're asking, how many beers earlier, local beers, our consumption has been way, way up, which has been a good thing. 237. Yeah. <laughs> give or take. Those are actually, Joe, those are just the ones we talked about on the podcast. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> There's been yeah, a lot true. more that we haven't that's talked about true. on the podcast. So. Yeah. So yeah, the pre and the post beers. Oh well, since last week's toast from talent from the Japanese researchers about all the health benefits of hops. I have definitely stepped it up this week. Yeah. Yes, that's important. Right. Got to stay healthy. Do it for yourself. Yeah, you got to do it for yourself. You only get one body. And now that you know that you can get a doctorate in ninja, I mean, come on, things are all coming together. And I bet I was pretty close in middle school. To at least getting a bachelor's and yeah. bachelor of ninja arts. I was probably AA, AA of ninja in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous or? Yeah, something like that. Oh. In middle school. Associate arts. Got it. Associate of arts. Nah, I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> yes. Working my way towards a bachelor's. <laughs> Makes sense. Spent a lot of time in the backyard with nunchucks and, and throwing stars. And had I known that it was a yeah. you know academic path I could have taken, I'd still be right here. <laughs> yeah, but she'd be a ninja now. So she'd be a, yeah. You'd have degrees. With the titles and the degrees behind you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you'd never be on social media. Where's Jeff? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I swear he was in that picture. I swear he was. I can't see him. I don't know where he is. And I'm feeling very anxious right now. <laughs> nice. Well, once again, we have proven ourselves as nothing less than your go-to educational podcast. Do do we have time for one more beer? I do. I hope so. We always have time for one more beer. All right. I just check (laughs) it. So what what do we have? We have, hold on. Oh, we have a dealer's choice here. Oh, that just happened. Because it's become a bit of a tradition. We have done this every 4th of July episode, which means we also did it last year. So far. The Stone right. Best Buy, July Fourth. So we have the Stone IPA. They always make a Best Buy needs to be uh, enjoyed while fresh, uh, July Fourth. Or you can go with your third Hen House because I know you've been pretty impressed with the Hen House. Who's got that Hen House right in front of them? Tell us which one that is. Liquid Entertainment. Liquid Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll I'll go with that one. Check out the Can Art on that. Yeah, that is just a that's just a fun ride. Can Art is good. Yeah, that's fun stuff. I'm going to go with the Stone Enjoy by 7420. Just some additional decision-making elements. The um, Liquid Entertainment is 7.3% alcohol. The Enjoy by is 9.4% alcohol. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Would you expect anything else from Stone? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And our listeners. So, yeah. The Real Men will drink the... We'll leave it blank. Liquid entertainment. Right. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Sorry. I'm sticking to the hen house theme. And also because my, my uh, Me too. joy buy is a 22 ounce bomber. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, I'm not opening. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm going to stick with the uh, liquid entertainment and Tom, you're going with the stone. Yes, I am. Good job. And Joe, what do you know? I'm going to chicken out and go with the hen. But I'm bump. Hey, talent. Tell me about the, what do you think? I had liquid entertainment this afternoon when Tom stopped by the house. Uh, so I was quite happy with it. What do you think of it? Yeah, I think it's it's very good. It's very, you know, in terms of the, you can see it's it's clean. It's crisp drinking. I I actually, I really like it. I don't like it as much as the, um, the frozen envelope one. So I think if I hadn't had those back to back, I might rate this one a little higher, but I'm, I kind of, I, if I have to go right now, just back to back, I, I enjoyed the, um, the frozen envelope a little more, but all in all, I think it's a really good clean IPA. I'm in the exact same spot. I, I I'd had it this afternoon. It was delicious, but having them right next to each other, I do like the frozen envelope a little. I like them both and I'm not trying to. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's anything bad about it, but I, I think it's it, having them side by side. I, I definitely like that one a little better. It's just the hop profile. And I think it's just because it's got a little more of that. Yeah, the hop, the hop profile, it's got a little more of a, uh, a fruitier flavor to it. So it's just got a little more flavor, you know, to me. I think this one's more of a traditional IPA. This has more of a traditional IPA taste to it. Yeah. Um, it definitely has a little more bitterness to it. The frozen envelope's a little smoother, a little more balanced out. Yeah. I, I hey, as usual, the Jeffs agree. You guys are on the same track, yeah. Right. But I would say this that all three beers to me are very solid, very good. I mean, these are all beers that if I was somewhere and I saw them, I would purchase them. Yeah. Um, I would order them. Um, you know, so henhouse hats off to you guys, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I know we've had a bunch of their other ones. We've had their Blondale. We've had their, uh, the Oyster Stout, which some didn't like, yeah. but I, I, you know, I enjoyed that. Love well, I think a couple of people liked it, but <laughs> the Oatmeal Porter was, is really good too. Oatmeal Porter is another one that's very good. So like I said, I, 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 they're, they're doing good stuff. So if you have a chance to, I think you can actually order their beers right now currently and they will deliver to you. So, um, even if you're down here in the San Diego area, yeah. you've always wanted to try these, uh, contact them, order them online and they'll get them to you. Let me tag onto that because we did order. We ordered this. Yeah. It showed up in less than 24 hours on ice. How about that? Nice. I had ice packs all around it. It was yeah. still cold. That's fantastic. And it, it had a big note in there. Do not let this get warm. We send it to you cold. Put it in the fridge. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So they will send it to you and it will show up within 24 hours. Nice. Yeah. To echo that, when we're talking about that kind of that attention to detail, and I think it's like that we're talking about all their beers taste really fresh and good. If you look, they they actually have, you know, very obviously what their the date is that the beer was made. And it says right on there, beer expires 28 days after, yeah, you know, whatever date. And if it's past this date, you know, don't drink it, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, a lot of companies do that, but sometimes it's a little hard to find that information. This is right here on the side of the label. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, they uh, so you can tell for them, it's that attention to detail is really kind of neat. And when you order, if you say, I like beer, the podcast pointed you in their direction, they will know how cool you are. Please do that. That is true. That adds to your it factor <laughs> yes. and your coolness factor. Yes. Price won't change. Delivery won't change. But they'll know that you are in the end. Because we're in San Diego. Yes. And they said in the know. And it was here in like 22 hours, 21 hours. No, less than that. It was, it was That's impressive. Um yeah, it was here by 11 a.m. So, you know, that it was a great. Delivery. Did you have a preference, Joe, between the frozen envelope and the liquid entertainment? I did. I I go against the talent. I apologize. It's not my place That's as right. the producer. But <laughs> the liquid entertainment, I actually like more. It's more a traditional IPA, a little, a little more bitter. You're a traditional kind of guy. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, that's a true statement. That, yeah, I... Uh, I had the liquid entertainment yesterday at your house, Jeff, and yes. I enjoyed it there. And of the two, it's it definitely, I think I'm that hoppy, I'm moving in that hoppy direction. You guys have worked your palate there and you're moving away from it. I'm working my palate towards it and, and like it more. No, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. What you're saying is that you and Talon are going in opposite directions. It feels like it. Yeah. It's tough. No, nah, I don't. I, I, still I love don't you. think that's true at all. Okay. I, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I think we're dabbler. I dabble. I dabble on that. Yeah. There's a line and I <laughs> dabble across the line, but I come back real quick. You spent, you tend to venture a little further across the line. Yeah. And he's a quiet leader. He steered us to the uh, sours. And the, uh, the other night, Joe and I yeah. enjoyed a Belgian gold nail from Russian river. That was fantastic. Yeah. That was awesome. Beer that I wouldn't even have given a sniff to a year and a half ago, year ago. Yeah. So thank you, father Joe. You're, you're, he doesn't say much, but when he does, it means a lot. <laughs> people listen. Yeah, people listen. Peace. Speaking of listening to Padre, I actually have to echo his sentiments. I, I like the liquid entertainment a little bit better, too. And I think it's probably just because it's a little bit, at least I tasted more fruit in it. Uh, it was a little more citrusy. And the other one has the citra hops. I'm having the same kind of dilemma. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So thank you, Jeff, for the for the beer this afternoon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I think it was a really tasty beer, as I said when we were there. Oh, thanks, Carly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you. Now, what about that stone? I'm saving mine for Fourth of July. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Thanks for being brave, Tom. Me too. 
Well, I figured we had to, somebody had to celebrate here, you know, the holiday and all. So yeah, good job. Good job. But you know, they, they've done it again. Uh, Stone and their IPAs just continue to knock it out of the ballpark. Uh, the little bit they had on this one uh, was kind of funny. He said, we don't always have a filter. So why should our beer have a filter? <laughs> um, and they said, by, yeah, so by skipping this step and letting the devastating fresh golden hue double IPA go unfiltered, the beer takes on a hazy appearance and it's peach and tropical fruit. There's your fruit again. Hop aroma are intensified. So though it may sound like it, this misstep was not misstepped. So there you go. So hats off again to Stone IPA. Happy birthday, America. At 9.4, is it boozy or is it or is it like Stone usually does? Yeah, tell us. L- let's just say you're going to get there, but you don't know you're getting there. <laughs> okay. Tom, try shotgunning it. Yeah, that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll get there. Hang on. Hang on. Let me get a pen. Happy anniversary. Nice. Well played. No, it... it it actually it actually goes down fairly smooth, you know, and that's kind of scary when you got something that of that strength. Nine, yeah. Um, so all of you out there who got this in preparation to celebrate the holiday, be careful, yeah. pace yourself. Hey, I'm drinking mine in the backyard on a barbecue. So, and again, remember everything you do is being, being filmed, videoed. Yes, <laughs> you are being yeah. videoed. Everything, oh. uh, unless you're a ninja. Thing, unless you're a ninja, right? <laughs> And 18 minutes is not too long to wait for shredded cheese. Right. <laughs> I got my Costco next to shredded cheese. I put times two because that's a risk I'm not willing to take. We don't know where California is going. We're yeah, you're writing right. things down. If I, as long as I'm running out to Costco, I'm getting double the shredded cheese. So you're saying that could be the next yes. item that right. people start to hoard? Yeah. I, yeah. I would recommend it. <laughs> I would recommend it. Because I can't eat anything without shredded cheese on it. Unless, of course, it has peanut butter. Oh, true. (laughs) True. Oh, the things we can say from Southern California. Not an open carry state. No, that's true. true. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, well, happy birthday to America. And congratulations to us, I guess, for one year of podcasting. These were fantastic beers from Hen House. Thank you, Carly Minacho, once again for uh, sending us that case of beer and, and a stone, which we always, you know, our neighbor stone right down the street. So thank you. And that was good beer. We don't always get to say that. Hey, if I can just cut in one time too, as well, just another shout out to Hen House. I don't know if you guys have taken a moment, but take a look at the can. Uh, all of their cans are phenomenal, the artwork, but this liquid entertainment, you guys need to pick up some cans just to see this artwork. It starts at the left and you've got one where there's a can holding a beer and he's pouring the beer into himself. Then you got the beer on the unicycle juggling pretzels. And then you got the other beer who's like a cowboy uh, roping a chicken. And then you have the guy that's playing the guitar with a harmonica. And I think it's peanuts or something coming out of his top. And then he's also got the things on his knees so that he can play the cymbals yeah, yeah, off yeah. his knees. I've done it. And the drum on his back. Yeah, the one-man band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fireworks in the background. I mean, this is, uh, like I said, the amount of detail, the attention to detail on these cans are phenomenal. They're Basically, it's artwork. And you notice that the underlying thing is the tongue from the guy, right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't even <laughs> see it. The, the, so it's not a red yeah, carpet. It's, it's actually tongue, the tongue yeah. of the guy that's like in the big tunnel. Yeah. That's eating all he's these eating things all or the drinking things. all these yes. things. Maybe he's drinking them. Uh, whatever. I tried to post all that on Instagram for people to see that it's hard to capture everything oh. going on the can because it's 360 degrees of wonderfulness. So, yeah, I'm going to reevaluate mine. If you had to buy one, buy this one just so you can look at the can. So you can look at the can. Uh, yeah, Look at the can. Buy all three so you can drink them. But this one for the can art is just uh, it's an amazing can. And live in 3D. Enjoy the can right in your hand, right? That is very true. Yeah. And they can deliver it right to your house, right? Apparently in less than 24 hours. And iced. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Iced. Well done, Padre. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for supporting our first year podcasting. Uh, We've got a number of exciting themes and stories to share in year two. And we'd love to hear your comments about what you'd like to hear during the second year. So feel free to reach out by direct message or email at I like beer, the podcast at gmail.com. You know, we'd love to keep talking and drinking, but right now we got to run. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light, what's so proud?